I once had a conversation with a professor at Malmo University when I was studying there. He didn't traumatize me. He made me stop wanting to pursue education in, in Sweden. Um, I'm not going to name drop him, but uh, it was pretty much I, I got into international migration and ethnic relations in Malmö University because I was really interested in the studies of Islam in Sweden. Like you, you guys know of Pure Research, right? No? Yeah. Right. So Pure Research pretty much does this uh, mapping of different value systems, uh, values of, you know, Muslims, non-Muslims, Christians, etc., and they have these interesting uh, pollings that they do in s- different various like countries. I, I found this specific uh, polling that they did in um, the United States of America very interesting. And I spoke to him about it uh, because what I wanted to, I got into the field of ethnic, uh, ethnic relations because I wanted to start doing these, you know, going to different Muslim communities in Sweden and, you know, asking them specific questions, mostly about liberal, liberal rights, LGBT, etc. And the professor told me, no, 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 you can't do that in Sweden. And I was like, why? And he said, because in Sweden, we do not differentiate between people that way. You're going to have a hard time. If you want your thesis to be about this, you're going to struggle. They're probably not going to prove it. And I told him, Denmark does this. The United States of America does this. Pew Research does this. You're not supposed to be like, talk about ethnicity. I mean, like differences in, in... Yes. Yeah. And then I told him, but why? Because he's like, it's too controversial. You, you can't make it. And he said, like, we don't differentiate between uh, ethnicities in Sweden. And then I told him, well, Muslims are not an ethnicity. It's not an ethnic group. And then he said, yes, it is. And then <laughs> I started a debate with my professor for like half an hour about whether Muslims are an ethnic group or not an ethnic group. Sorry, hang on. Don't companies have diversity and inclusion stats and training even in Sweden? Actually, I'm also sure they do. They do. I mean, they do. do. They? Yes, they, they do. They do. They do. But that's a different topic because that's kind of like it. when it comes, and that's very Swedish. When it comes to inclusivity, when it yeah. comes to diversity, when it comes to equality, they think you know, in this in working spaces, we have to have 20% immigrants, we have to have 10% uh, migrants. They just treat us as numbers. But the the research that I was gonna do was based on Muslim values in in Sweden, like. Go polling Muslims about what are your views on LGBTQ rights? What are your views on women rights? According like to the, they do in the UK, France, everywhere else. Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I did it in public in the UK. I just put a mic to somebody or if they didn't want to be on camera and just ask them a question about stoning of gay people in Brunei. Right. So my professor thought that it was racist. And another thing, he thought... Uh, like using the word race was racist as well. In Swedish, the word ras, which means race, is controversial. You're not supposed to. You're racist if you use it because Sweden is very peculiar. But I wanted to discuss this specific uh, research that Pew Research came about. And it's in America. They did this polling in 2013, I think, where they asked um, Muslims about whether they think that LGBT people should be accepted in society. And only 23% said yes. Seven years later, they asked them the same question, if LGBT people should be accepted in society. And around 52% said yes. So in America, they're actually tracking this openness and acceptance of, you know, um, LGBT rights. In Sweden, I mean, in Sweden, like I said, we have no statistics here because we're not going to talk about anything that's controversial in Sweden. But they do it also like in the UK and 
I remember there was Australia. like, was like uh, no, but uh, specifically about homosexuality, there was like one one um, uh, like opinion poll that found that it was like zero percent of Muslims in the UK thought homosexuality was morally acceptable or something like that. The one you're referring to might be uh, there were two different researchers where around zero percent of Americans, uh, American Muslims, identified as LGBTQ. No, no, it was British. Uh, let me find it, but continue. I will, I will find it. Okay, yeah. so and that led me to these kind of thoughts is that in Sweden we're, we're not we don't have these you know um, mapping of values but in other countries you think it's very normal to do this because we have to know the progression of people's values how they think is Sweden doing a good job at integrating people into you know uh, liberalism and acceptance because in uh, in Denmark our closest sister and I like Denmark um, they had the the Ministry of Justice did this research. Can you imagine, like, in other countries, like, their ministries and their authorities are making these researches, while in Sweden, not so much. So, in Denmark, there was this research that was made and on Muslims, their values, but it was not about LGBT. It was about whether they think there should be um, a law that bans people from criticizing Islam. Mm. And 8 out of 10 Muslims in um, um, Denmark say we have to ban Islam criticism of Islam. And in my view, the idea of you're not allowed to criticize Islam, if someone tells me, you're, yeah, you, we should ban criticizing Islam, you are automatically anti-LGBTQ, you're automatically anti-feminism and anti-women's rights. And this is it's just like very parallel if someone believes in like anti-liberalism you're not allowed to criticize a religion of course you're not going to be open to you know lgbt or feminism which are very modern concepts it's, it's just common sense but the question here is why is it that in the united states of america there's so much more liberalism and openness and acceptance of feminism and lgbtq but in europe things seem not to be working in the same way. I think just thinking about what you said, that when you're for banning criticism of Islam makes you automatically anti-LGBT or anti-feminist. I don't think that's entirely true, mostly because the people who hold those opinions of, hey, we should not criticize religion, they don't they they don't see muslims as people with diverse views they see them as one group and they could have just been ex and it, i guess they could have just experienced um conversations with muslims who are a bit progressive the the 20% let's say in sweden or the muslims who are like you know it's a modern world christianity moves so you know islam has it too you're in europe it's accepted here we we know that you know there's a group of queer Muslims in Sweden, for instance. So we know that, you know, not all Muslims are against it. So I don't think they it makes them automatically anti-LGBT. I also mm. don't think that they put so much thought into it because it's such a sacred idea. And most of them haven't even read the books of it. Mm. Like a lot of people who start defending Islam. Do you mean like Muslims or? No, like the, the, Western, the Western people no. who vouch for those right. um, banning of criticism mm. of Islam. It's yeah. not always that they've read into it. It's more likely that they see Muslims as a th th as a group that needs to be protected mm. yeah. um, against versus the idea, and they conflate it. That, ma that, that makes sense, actually. But I do still think that saying that you're not allowed, and this is something that 
you've discussed about Nyan's party yet, and I believe firmly in. If you tell me, like, as a Muslim, and this is why, like, I have so many conflicts with the Muslim community, which I love. Like, I'm not, you know, my family is Muslim. But it's kind of like, yeah, you're going to tell me, take, for example, the person that you're talking about right now that says, no, I'm totally for LGBTQ and I'm for feminism, but I, I want to ban Islam criticism because I want to protect Muslims. That is the benchmark. That is the beginning of the totalitarianism of Islam. Absolutely. So you can't tell me that you are for LGBTQ rights, you are for feminism and whatever, but you want to protect Islamism. Well, the, the thing is, okay, so I, I kind of agree with Zara here about this, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think, it, it's partly because they, they want to protect Muslims, yes, but also I think there has been a process of what I would call racialization of Islam hmm. here in the West, Islam, so because you said at some point to criticize religion, there is, there will be a lot of these people who say it's okay to criticize religion, but basically critique of Islam is racist. So they are kind of like it's they just want to um, to give like some kind of like positive discrimination to just Islam um, because of this, and I think which is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but at the same time. It is deeply ideological in a way, and and it has become almost a part of the culture. Like post-colonial theories have been like very very um, influential here in the West and in Sweden. But like Orientalism, Edward Said's uh, book, it was like a huge bestseller in Sweden. In the book, he was talking a lot about like how uh, criticism of Islam and it basically, especially when it comes from white people. It's just racism. People here in Sweden, basically, and many places in the West, have just like bought into this idea. Uh, and partly, even if you try to discuss with them, like, okay, but you know, is is all uh, critique of Islam racist, uh, or is it coming out of like racist motives? They are really sure that almost always the motives behind critique of Islam is racism. You know, uh, and I'm not saying it, that's not sometimes the case. It is sometimes the case, um, but that should not justify like kind of like kind of giving all critique of Islam the stamp of racism. I also think it's double standards, right? If there mm. are other religions that you're willing to criticize, why does Islam get a pass? Mm. And just with that, the racialization and the conflation of anti-Muslim bigotry versus the criticism of Islam is so common that almost as though, like you said, with identity politics, that if you're white, it's considered to be racist. But Islam or Islam is not a race. Mm -hmm. Muslims aren't specific race. And that's the distinction that we continuously need to make. Mm. Um, the thing that my... Sorry, that my professor was uh, referring to, and it is like th there's a new definition of ethnicity. It's no longer just, you know... In a biological sense, and it's kind of the fact or state of belonging, belonging to a social to a social group that has common national or cu cultural tradition. Yeah, well, this uh, is like the new definition of ethnicity. Actually, I'm not so sure it's new because I, I've I've wrote some articles also about ethnicity and like Swedishness and all that uh, recently. That were, where I was trying to explore this concept. The thing is, ethnicity has never been really just biology. Uh, ethnicity has has a lot to do with basically the group's identity and how I would see it like basically it's more or less 
it's it's a it's a mutual process of self identification and um, kind of like the group is identifying you as one of them as well. This is what creates ethnicity. But but would would you then say that discrimination against Muslims is racism? No, because but, but if they but are Muslims, an ethnic group, they racism is discrimination against but Muslims ethnic are groups. not ethnic group. Mm, okay, mm. Why, why not? Because because the, the, okay here because they have you know cultural traditions, they belong to the same social group, and they're the, they you know they're a bubble. Uh, I first of all, I don't really, th- I don't think that um, let's say someone from Egypt thinks that they have like. So much in common with someone from Pakistan necessarily or Afghanistan they would be like yeah we don't really we're not the same group like if you would uh, say to someone from Egypt like you and and the Pakistanis and Afghanis are the same group they would tell you no No. or not the different language language is one of the things that really is one of the markers of of ethnic group for example Um, they don't have shared history they don't have like there are traditions and things that they don't share they share religious beliefs uh, specifically, and there is—you can't say all religion is ethnicity. This is just doesn't. It's not how religion works. That yeah, I was sense. going to add, like they can't be one ethnic group because they also have sectarianism. Mm-hmm. So even people mm-hmm. from Egypt would have would not consider each other to be um, of the same background if they were from different sects. Right, there be and different ethnicities within the ethnicity. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that is so crucial because sometimes the criticism uh, the criticism of Muslims and largely the violence within that comes from other Muslims as well, mm. like between two sects. Mm. And there's much more what you would say racism between that one particular religious group Mm. than there is coming from the outside. I think there Mm. should be a new word for that kind of discrimination between like Sunnis and Shias. And we we have to come up with a new word for it. it But it's also racism like Mm. in like like from Egypt Mm. to Pakistanis or like Africans as well. It's also I don't consider Egypt to be African. We're the pure Africans. (laughs) (laughs) No, but this this, this is a good example. Like, for example, (laughs) Egyptians. They really look down on Somalis, for example. Yeah, and they are the same and uh, the same religion, but they same mm? yeah, same mm. religion, even same continent, uh, um. different ethnic background oh. from the classical sense. But I feel like there's just so much. Um, it's so not unified to be considered as a whole. So your research that you were planning to do, you could have a varied result depending on whether you would ask a Salafi or whether you would ask um, an, Ahm- an Ahmadi Muslim mm. um, or like a progressive Muslim as well. They would have completely different results. Great. So I think that was a great segue to what we were talking about in terms of criticism of Islam and people fearing criticizing it and the word Islamophobia. Mm. I feel like a lot of people so commonly, including Muslims and non-Muslims, use this word to silence critiques. And the biggest uh, distaste I have is as a woman who comes from that background and then being called Islamophobic when I criticize an idea that has been destructive to my progress or people like me, I am being shut down by people who have never had to experience it. And I think what happens is a lot of people who use the word Islamophobia have never stopped to think that they're conflating it with anti-Muslim bigotry. I feel like they should be two separate things and 
no very rarely is there ever a time where people manage to um separate that especially in the wider context and that is quite harmful because if somebody is fighting for in the example that Luai gave for LGBT rights be it in the Muslim community they're called Islamophobes because it's against their religion and that also shuts down any critiques of any progression that we want to make and, and in fact it just I think it's quite racist that you shut down critiques in you know when it comes to bad behavior from Mus- from Muslims or from the religion and to deny people or to deny other Muslims especially other Muslims especially women of the right to be liberated or the potential right to be liberated and encompass free thought but, but do you think like there can be some connection between the 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 difficulty in trying to make that distinction between anti-muslim bigotry or or um discrimination against muslims and uh critique of islam that has to do a little bit with identity politics and intersectionality absolutely there 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 are a lot of things that draws out to it one of them is identity politics the other the other thing that just you know came across my mind is the popularization of the world of the word by muslims itself mm-hmm. you know any th- any time you don't want to hear something we're islamophobic it wouldn't surprise me that muslims between each other who don't agree on ideas would call each other islamophobic as well right. because i don't like your idea as a muslim who believes in something completely different mm. do you really think so that's very interesting because i've always like I, that's not my experience um I, I, like my experience and i always like kind of um, try to make an analogy between accusations of Islamophobia and accusations of blasphemy. Mm. Uh, because, for example, the same things that I was saying in Egypt, for example, when people would would not tell me this is Islamophobic. I've never heard this like mm-hmm. accusation from anybody there. They would say that's blasphemous, right. that that's blasphemy. And here, the exact same things that I would say, I would get accused of like Islamophobia. They would say that's Islamophobic. And to me, Muslims, generally speaking, to, towards other Muslims, they use the word blasphemy. And towards non-Muslims, they, were, they use the term Islamophobic or that accusation more, more uh, commonly. I think like w- one of the main things that um, people don't understand about like the difference between, because the, the experience that people have is of, you know, Jews being in Sweden. And what they think is that Muslims are exactly like the Jews because Jews are an ethnic group. Like they're ethnically bound, not like Muslims. Mm. And what people tend to think is that they think that Muslims are also like Jews. That if I am a Muslim, my son and my or my daughter would automatically be ethnically Muslim. Now, I was born a Muslim. I wasn't born a Muslim. I was born atheist, but then I was brainwashed into Islam. And then my and then I left the religion and no longer am a Muslim. But but it, it, sorry to interrupt you, but also also this this is a um, thing that is also interesting because mm. I since I recently had a had a son and um, I, I was thinking about how uh, Muslim people view children because in Islam. Uh, you kind of like you view the child as Muslim. You know, the child was is born Muslim. Right. And for example, my parents would think that I'm like my my child is like was born Muslim from Allah, and then I'm the one who's making him 
uh, non-Muslim right. by by you know like for example like I'm not going to circumcise him I'm not going to like raise him in like in, in right but, as, but, as religious but, but that's the difference like with 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 Jewish people the ethnicity is is blood for him, yeah, yeah of right? course yeah so, like, totally the, agree. the child is Jewish no matter what and yeah. I think Europeans are very ignorant when it comes to differentiating between Jews and Muslims because Muslims are not ethnic right and I think for them like if I say something about Jews as an ethnic group that would be racist because it is an ethnic group right it's like saying something about Swedes or Yemenis or Somalis you're targeting a specific ethnic group because you know there are religious Jews and there are non-religious Jews but there there are ethnic Jews and non-ethnic Jews there are no ethnic Muslims and I think that's what what you know causes a lot of the confusion people think that it's the exact same thing that if you like if you're from a muslim background you have a muslim family your name is ahmed or you come from egypt then you are ethnically muslim uh so that kind of like drives that confusion and i find that like to be disturbing actually when you have debates or discussions with people they can't seem to differentiate that muslims are not an ethnic group in the same way that jews are and that's why i think makes islamophobia such a strong word it's kind of like anti-semitism anti-semitism is you are against the ethnic group the jews in Islamophobia, they say it's being against the ethnic group, the Muslims. thing is, you can leave Islam and leave, you know, the, the religion itself. But as a Jew, you can't leave being a Jew. Plus, You're it's not called, like, anti-Judaism. Like, <laughs> yeah. if, if somebody would criticize, like, uh, Jewish beliefs, I guess you can you can be called anti-Semitic and so on. But at the same time, the, like, that's not the focus of the, of the, of the, of the term mm. uh, about Judaism. But yeah, but I think it's also partly partly like this. I think if you kind of like sit down with them and reason, they would get it. Yes, <laughs> but at the same time, they <laughs> don't really want to. They don't want to make the effort because for them this is really irrelevant because of of, of several things. First, like here, it's like the, the identity politics and intersectionality is like so so entrenched in the culture that really they they see everyone in terms of groups. And basically, they have put Muslims into this like oppressed group, mm. uh, and and for them, it's like just it's irrelevant. You know, what what are you talking about? Like this, there's this group that is oppressed that we're trying to protect, uh, and also a lot of people because here there is a lot of like also anti-Muslim hate from from the right this and is, the left. Um, Muslim, anti-Muslim. Absolutely. Like, I also have a main issue with that because, like, a lot of Europeans, I was going to say a lot of white people, so a lot of white people, they perceive me as a Muslim Mm. because my name is Ahmed, I'm brown, I come from Mm. Yemen, whatever. And I've had so much, like, in, in like, when I worked, like, I worked at a Kuntush Hotel, like, an office, Mm. and um, I dealt with, like, a bunch of racism when I couldn't speak the language. Mm. Um, And it was... You know, I being the judgmental person that I was, I'm like, oh, they're definitely Swedish Democrats. They're right wingers. Mm. And then after a while, it turns out that like everybody who treated me like crap was actually a milieu part, like a leftist or a green but party person. But this this is, has to do with you being Muslim. I, I, like, I have uh, no in idea. Their head, I mean, I, it's kind of like exclusion. You're not in the in group. Oh, but this is. I think this is something like it's, it's characteristics for for a lot of Swedes in general. I was I was <laughs> going to say. I, I think this well, is a Swedish only yeah. problem with language. There's also like a terms of the 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 leftists or like the left and the greens. They have this. 
uh, think of like inclusion. And even if someone is not able to speak the language, you're still kind of respectful and stuff. But like when I say racism, it it was kind of like um, asking me questions about like um, this woman told me, for example, she was like, so uh, I made a joke actually, and she turned it into like a a racial thing. My joke was like, I I told her, (laughs) wow. Can't believe it. This is the first time I talk about this since it happened. But uh, I joked. Um, I told her like I'm gonna go to Canada to uh, see my mom. I didn't end up going to Canada uh, because of visa stuff. But uh, and then she she told me, uh, and then she was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And I'm like, "But it's gonna take a while for this to get processed. I don't know if it's gonna happen or not." And then she said, uh, "How come?" I was like, "I told her because you know, like we people from the Middle East, people think that we're terrorists, right?" And then she said but you're not a terrorist, right? And I'm like, come on, no, I'm not a terrorist. And then she was like, no, like, tell me the truth. Are you a terrorist or not? You have to be honest with me. And I was so shocked. I was like, are you, like, I I did it. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a racist. I'm not not a terrorist. And then I left. But in my head, I was so shocked at how stupid she was. Like, would a terrorist stand there and tell you, yes, I'm a terrorist? I was going to say, what did she expect? Yeah, exactly. It reminded me of this. uh, Have you ever filled, like, um, a visa application for for the U.S.? Like, the the one in Egypt, like, you literally, like, there are... Have you? Are you a terrorist? Have you ever been involved in a terrorist organized? Have you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, have yeah, you yeah. committed any terrorist acts? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's also like you wrote about this today. Like this, the Swedish collectivism and the Western collectivism and individualism also leads to this kind of like trust. Like research shows that people in the West have like a seventy to eighty percent degree of trust to each other. So like, if I tell you something, you believe in it. In Yemen and in Egypt, it's like the exact opposite. We don't trust right. each other, yeah. and that's why yeah. like when they put out these formal like formalism of questions like are you a terrorist or like these kind of <laughs> questions it's like what are you stupid and um, when when people say that anti-muslim hate comes from uh, the right wing i think politically a lot of discrimination and judgments and you know comes from the right wing but when it comes to reality like the ground on the street outside it comes from both ways and you can't just pinpoint it to the right and i do think that like the right wing um in my experience, I could be wrong. There's no research on this, so you can debate me. But I do think that when it comes to right-wingers, they are very well aware of this like racist um, label on them. So they, um, they, they they tend to be a bit more overcompensating. Of, I'm not a racist. Like, trust me, I'm not a racist. While with the left, they think because they're leftists and they're not the bad guys that you know they can just be as racist as they want to be. Yeah, well... Here, I think it's it's difficult, generally speaking, to talk about groups without like even even ideological groups without generalizing. We we have to somewhat, but um, that's what we've I, been doing for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> but so I, I would say like when it comes to actual active like um, anti-Muslim sentiment, mm. it's definitely exist exists more on the right on average yeah, compared absolutely. to compared to the left. The left and but but that, there's something that I would say a lot of West. Westerners or Europeans, including Swedes, share in general, and this is actually not very weird. People like people who are close to them culturally, mm-hmm. because they kind of like know that they have the same reference points and so on, uh, and they can relate to them in a different way. Uh, so there's a lot of people, like including here in Sweden, they just want to be friends with Swedes. Mm-hmm. Um, and one can say whatever about it. it doesn't does not have to be like necessarily racist, but I mean here, like I I totally get it 
like let's say um if a swedish woman that really believes in gender equality or a gay swedish guy it makes sense for them to to associate with a swedish person than a conservative muslim it, it yes. does <laughs> yeah, uh, so like and in that sense they kind of like and then you start to like uh, generally speaking we evolved to stereotype groups um so basically what they do it's very it's very um demanding or or uh, consuming process to try to vet each person so basically they kind of like yeah you look muslim you're probably coming from that muslim country and so on so you are more likely to be against gay people than the my swedish neighbor this, this is not just like a this is not a crazy assumption mm. um I was just going mm. to add, I think what you mentioned in terms of like vetting people and having those conversations becomes really um, hard. I was going to say that like with the word Islamophobia, it's largely used online, social media. So you have very little to less chances of actually having a nuanced conversation mm. with somebody. It's always in a tweet, on an article or on a Facebook post where you're arguing back and forth. So there's, So if we look at it on that context itself, it's really hard for us to start separating this mm -hmm. if people are unwilling because you only know them through the screen. Oh. Mm -hmm. it, the conversations happen much better when you're in person and when you can talk to people as well. Oh. But I think in your point, Luai, adding to like the left could be discriminatory against um, Muslims. I think the fact that they see all Muslims or people who look like Muslims as a group that needs to be protected is already discriminatory in general mm -hmm. because they've already put us in a group that we're victims mm -hmm. so that we cannot handle any you know, confrontation or any criticism because we need to be taken care of or we people need to be sensitive around us. And I think that is also part of discrimination that the West is that the left does not realize. Mm, I, I agree. And I do think that the, the, the left does that out of compassion. And it's kind of like the Western and um, a lot of Western theologues tend to not know what to do about the Middle East. And I write about this a lot that when it comes to like LGBT rights, what do leftist and green people know or do about like the fact that there are 15 countries that kill gay people? They think that criticizing Poland and criticizing Hungary, that's what they mainly do. Uh, there are white countries, there are European countries that are terrible. And they put like any non-European and non Western country inside that box of, you know, they're the outside world. We can't do anything about them. They're barbaric and retarded. So just leave them alone. Uh, but when it comes, like, and that's a discussion, like, um, I, I was on a debate on SVT Mats and uh, Svaria Mats, and I, I literally told the, the leader of the young centrist, I told her, like, in the Middle East, gay people get killed, like, by law in 15 countries. In 45 other countries, they're getting prisoned. So, like, there's no life. There's no breathing for gay people. And so, no, you can't tell me. It was about multiculturalism. And her reply to me was, yeah, Luai, but you can't say, you can't just, you know, just paint all non-Europeans like that because... In Poland and Hungary, there are also like no LGBT zones. There's a lot of discrimination against LGBT people there. And I didn't get to reply to her back then, but I was in shock there because how can you even compare Poland and Hungary to like Saudi Arabia and Iran? Like being a gay person in Poland and Hungary, you still, you're not going to get 
killed for it. You're not going to, you know, be hung by the state for it. And I think the main issue is that they, they have this word as Islamophobia because they don't know what to do about like Saudi Arabia and Iran and those countries. Like, what are they going to do? They have no idea what they can do so, to help the situation there. So they just come up with these words so that they can like clean themselves off and sleep well at night. I think you give them too much credit. I was going to say. I think, yeah. I think the thing is, uh, another thing to keep in mind, uh, this is what I, why I was talking about like the, the right being like a little bit of uh, having anti-Muslim or like more people on the right having anti-Muslim sentiment. This creates some kind of like tribalism because a lot of people uh, tr- start to identify themselves as or, or have their identity as the opposite of the other. Uh, so for them, they are taking the position that is opposite to that of the right wing. And that means that the, okay, the right wing is is kind of like discriminating against Islam or like doesn't like Islam. We have to protect Islam. They have like some, a bit of anti-Muslim sentiment. We have, they think, oh, they are very Eurocentric in a way. They don't give a fuck about Saudi Arabia or Afghanistan or so on. They don't think about it. They think like people here or even like uh, so-called anti-racist here in Sweden, the, the, spend a lot of time thinking about like women in Saudi Arabia they don't <laughs> yeah I was I was going to say maybe in the next podcast it would be great to discuss the hypocrisy of women who fight for feminism in Sweden but then when they go to Saudi Arabia or Iran they'll wear the hijab on and throw it back at all the Iranian women who in their 20s are imprisoned for 20 years um, for removing their hijab yeah and- we can definitely talk about that but to me, it, it's very clear that they want to be feminists only within the Swedish context. Yeah, hmm. yeah, oh, or or like I or the criticism that I, I guess um, it's not our problem. This is not our state. I think mm. it was Roxanne Gay in a um, in a conference, or sorry, in a I think she was speaking at an event, and she said, "Oh, but that's for Saudi women. You know, that's that's not our plight. Right. It's completely ignored. Right. It's completely ignored." But I think, Luai, to your point, where I feel like if somebody is going to use Islamophobia as I don't know what to do with it, so I'm going to use this word, then maybe they shouldn't use it to p- towards people that are actually trying to do something about it. Right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, if I may ask, like yours, what you said reminded me of a song. Uh, you're like they have to, they just have to protect whatever it is uh, Madonna had a song I think a couple of years ago that, that was called um, Killers Who Are Partying and the, and the lyrics go like this I think they define what you just said it says I will be gay if the gays are if the gay are burned. I will be Africa if Africa is shut down. I will be poor if the poor are humiliated. I will be a child if the children are exploited. And then the chorus, and then the second verse is, I will be Islam if Islam is hated. And it is that kind of like, oh, you, you hate these people? You have something against them? Watch but wait, me. Wait, wait, what was that in the song? Like the That's the literal uh, verse. I will be Islam. I don't, I, I don't think she knows Islam then. Really? I don't yeah, think yeah. she knows what, what Islam I didn't, is. I didn't know that this... The, what? So every, <laughs> I mean, every other Madonna. point was about people and that Islam is like, I will be this idea yeah. if the idea is hated. We're niqab and stuff. We're burqa. But but, but yeah... Yeah, so so it is kind of like that. But, you know, I just want to come back to, to one thing about, like, stereotyping uh, so that I don't be unfair to, like, uh, Swedish people or, or Europeans and so on. We kind of do that as well. I mean, of for course. example... Are you kidding like, me? I, 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 for example, like, if I see an Arabic-looking person 
I kind of assume they are Muslim. Like they. No, I do yes, too. Yeah, I, I, I would like, be. I, I would not be. I would not be like uh, totally like comfortable like blaspheming in front of, uh, unless like I really uh, no, no. know them kind of. And so I would much more likely. Uh, here, here's the thing. I'm much more likely to assume that an Arab-looking person is Muslim than a Swedish person. I would assume they are Muslim, and this is not at all a rational thing. That's weird. You know, I actually don't see it that way. Uh, when I see a hijabi, like a woman wearing a hijab, I'm like, yes, Muslim. But when it comes to men, I'm a bit like I observe. Um, <laughs> so like I like I scan them. Like I see their clothes. What are they wearing? How they you know behave and stuff like that. And then I tend to like analyze from there but i don't like just see an arab and think muslim so like about assimilation and attitudes like swedes are like you know if you enter like a bus and swedes are just like mummies they don't move they don't talk they don't look at anybody else right and from people from the middle east they look at each other they're a bit more dynamic and interactive and stuff so i assume if someone like an arab walks into the bus station and sits down he's just completely like a swede does not move and behaves exactly like a swede i tend to assume that they're not muslim that they were born here and they you know they, really assume, yeah. mm, i don't know i i would not necessarily like assume i would think that probably or i think in terms of like you know relative like probability like he's more pro like he's more likely to be a muslim than a swedish person white swedish person would be a muslim for example that guy i would not open the conversation like saying that i have done the quran <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I mean i i i agree with both of you because i was going to say as a and i'm going to play the gender card as a woman i'd be more wary of um men specifically men only because of the amount of threats I've gotten mm. to ever open up to say oh hey I run a charity even if it's in a work context or a friend of a friend context so I can be quite closed off about it mm. but it's not unheard of that people who are not Middle Eastern looking or Muslim looking um, that would be as equally critic critical of my views right but mm. I would, I, I, and I think I explored this with my therapist as well, that if it ever came to somebody getting to know me, I'd be careful not get to know them first before I release any details about myself. Mm. Um, I need to start seeing but, a but with Muslim, But mm -hmm. with Muslim women, I was thinking, because like I, it really depends where as well, but I find like we're, we're in some places in Sweden, at least around the city and whatnot, that I find that a lot of women are... Um, quite uh, modern and I feel like because hijab was a lot of times it is coerced onto young girls they just end up wearing it they don't hold all of those views so I feel like I'm a bit more softer when it comes to women I feel a bit more comfortable which would be very normal around women right I actually this might sound weird but I I get so fascinated and kind of almost fetishize hijabi women that are pro-LGBT I like. Me, yeah, I like that. I just like I I I get so fascinated by them because I never would have ever thought you're like me as a gay person, me as a gay man. I'm really into hijabi women. Yeah, yeah, almost <laughs> like I would turn straight for hijabi woman. Recently, in the in the podcast system, multi, then we we had a conversation with uh, Mikael Uxell, uh, who is the party leader of uh, Nians, uh, a party that is like um, have started recently in Sweden, 
and a lot of people are calling it an Islamist party, which I don't necessarily agree with. Um, but um, and it was an interesting conversation because he doesn't really uh, he he has like boycotted a lot of other like media outlets and and things like that. And we had like a three hour conversation with him, um, and it was interesting to try to find out what the what is their agenda really and uh, how they would want to come to power. And the thing is, I don't call them an Islamist party. And and I disagree with you there, yeah, but continue. But that, that's not necessarily... Uh, I, I, I think it would have been less dangerous if they were an Islamist party. Um, so basically, they, they don't say that they want Sharia. Uh, they want to basically uh, criminalize... Um, uh, how to say Islamophobia in a sense, and they define it. Uh, I I tried to push him a little bit on that, like how how would they define it and so on, because they are saying it should be fine with like critique of Islam, but not uh, offending and ridiculing Islam. Um, and how exactly do they find what is offensive to whom? Exactly, they, they don't really have a have an answer to that, but they say like basically if the group feels offended. Uh, then this is like hate and this is Islamophobia, for example. But they also try to cover this a little bit like with a, they want to like, you know, have like um, so-called positive discrimination for like um, like um, African Swedes and, and like even like they want to clamp down on anti-Semitism and they even have like a part in the party program, they want to fight um Christophobia, like criticism of Christianity. Yes, so phobia, phobia. They even like use that. So they are trying to like you know hide a lot of like what they, in a sense, what they really want, uh, so that nobody would would really accuse them of of wanting of having an Islamist agenda. Um, but uh, and, and they have been involved in some kind of like campaign uh, against the social services here in Sweden. Uh, disinformation campaign that really spread into like Arab-speaking countries and like uh, you like um, uh, Salafist on YouTube channels with like millions of subs- subscribers and so on. Is this the kids being taken yes. away? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I have so, so they much were in- to say about that. Yeah, they were involved in that um, basically, and. Um, with the, with the saying like, and they try to distance themselves from the disinformation campaign. So they are playing this like kind of um, uh, sneaky game, in my opinion. They are saying, well, we didn't say like these things that uh, that the state is trying to make them Christian or 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 that they are raping, like the 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 adoptive parents are raping them or, or and so on. We're saying that they are they are being taken. Uh, unfairly and and for no grounds and mostly it's happening against like immigrant uh, like families and well the thing is like a lot of these I told them yeah but but a lot of these cases have to do with like for example um, uh, physical abuse or like like parents beating their kids which is much more common in in like Middle East for example than here in Sweden uh, a lot of cases have to do with honor culture which is not a Swedish thing really and he was like no but the honor culture exists among Swedes as well and like you know like um, I was like 
what where Lord and he was like the, there was like uh, these um, swedish fathers who don't allow their their girl, their daughters to play football so that they don't get ugly legs and i was like what what the <laughs> fuck this is like first of all how many swedish fathers think like that way prevent their daughters from playing football and what is this thing with ugly legs and uh, but this is not like our w- culture to you're like with. i wish i grew up under that honor culture <laughs> yeah exactly and um uh, and so basically why i don't think that there is islamist party um i don't actually think that the guy himself he's he's an islamist per se uh, what they want is to i would say make room in sweden for islamists uh, oh to, to some extent for islamists and like for kind of like religious plurality and cultural plurality that like you know cultures can can kind of like have their own traditions uh, and their own beliefs and that should be respected and they should be able to raise their kids according to that uh, but they kind of of course play into the hands of islamists because in the end it's like they will give islamists and islamism in sweden a lot of room and a lot of influence on both culture and politics. Um, I think what you, what you said at first is interesting because I do think that the dangers of Islamism is that Islamism takes over. So, like, if you look at the conferences that they had at the Neons Party, uh, like, there were no women or there were two women who were, like, all the way in the back. And a lot of the people who are there are Muslims and they're imams and mm-hmm. Islamists. And it tends to like, it, it has this facade of being liberal and open because that's what like um, a lot of Islamists do. And the Muslim Brotherhood, they have this agenda of when you infiltrate, when you want the Islamist agenda, and this is not to say that most people in Nyan's party are, have an Islamist agenda. But the ones that do have the Islamist agenda are very well aware of it. They know that the, the the party is Islamic, but no, we're, we're not going to be out with it right now. We have to, and I know I might sound c- conspiratorial right now, but it's kind of like when you look at them at at like the uh, mosques that in in the Middle East and all the like teachings that they have it's it's kind of like this imperialist we are going to go to to the um to europe and we're going to take over and we have to do it in the smartest way possible we have to make sure that we don't you know you don't want to trigger too much there are a lot of like philosophies about you you have to respect um the country that you uh live in as a muslim there's even a hadith hadith that you respect the the country that you live in uh, until of the land out of the land until it becomes muslim and that is kind of like a part of how I perceive the, the Islamist function with the, the Islamist cells function within Neons mm. is that they play it well, they play it nice diplomatically. Yes, gay rights, of course, sure. Mm. Until, you know, they feel like they have more ground and that's when they start, you know, thriving. Yeah, that, that, that could be the case. Uh, mm. I'm not like excluding that, but at the same time, I wouldn't say it's like in the party program. Uh, I don't see necessarily like if, if i would judge them by the party program i would not call it an islamist party mm. uh, there's nothing about sharia Yet. there's like uh, <laughs> right. yeah maybe maybe and uh, it's 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 it could be like probable even but i'm trying to like he's not even giving them a benefit of the doubt i'm trying to like not speculate just like deal with the facts uh, <laughs> but at the same time it's it's obvious that they want to give islamism room in society and I do the same thing a little bit. Like if if 
give us corona, it's okay, the, the pandemic is over. No, but if you compare it to Hezb al-Tahrir, for example, which pretty much says you're not supposed to, Muslims, dear Muslims, don't vote for any party, <laughs> that party is not going to go anywhere. I mean, <coughs> <coughs> that's such a dad cough. Yeah, but like Hezbollah Tahrir, for example, they're, they're a party that go out and say, Muslims don't vote for any party. And this party gets, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. The way to go is to pretend to be somewhat liberal, just like Neons is. And it's, it's kind of like, he's a nyttig idiot. What's nyttig idiot in Swedish, in English? Idi- um, useful, beneficial idiot or useful idiot. So he's kind of like laying the, the, the ground and the roots for Islamists to take over, which they are doing in the Anspartiyat. And while, while it is not an Islamist party, I do think that they are leading the way for a, a thriving Islamist party. It's kind of like with SD. A lot of people think that SD, there's just like when you read their party program, there's no racism, no Nazism, nothing. But people assume that because there are racists and there are Nazis in the party, then when they do take over, then they're going to like, aha, now you're going to see what we're going to do. I have those kind of thoughts about Nian's party. (laughs) Um, I think the one thing that's also very obvious with what Omar has described in terms of like defeating anti-Semitism and being against Christian phobia, I think the one thing that they're really trying to bring back is religious theocracy mm, as a whole mm, and mm. playing into those minorities that believe in religion because I think largely Swedish people are a-religious. They're not religious. They may not conform to the title of being an atheist, mm. but they're largely very dismissive of any religious ideology. And I think that's right. where they're capitalizing on and trying to get more traction, but also them being Muslims. And like we discussed before that, you know, where Swedes view Muslims as a protected minority, that's where they're also getting more brownie points because they're like, oh my God, you know, we've ignored immigrants and now these immigrants are speaking up. We should give them this room. I think... They're, they could have some very valid points on migration mm-hmm. and giving a different perspective. What I don't agree with is bringing religion back. I feel like that is already outdated. We really don't need it again. Um, and in terms of making room for bringing Islamism, I think once we allow a small, I, I guess once we allow any part of any culture, whether it's Swedish culture or you know other Middle Eastern culture, that is regressive to people's rights. So when you talked about traditions and cultures that they want to observe, does that include FGM? I mean, obviously that's you know just an example, but only because it is a tradition and culture, a tradition and custom does not mean that it is good for people's progress. So once we allow those little ideas, it leaves out room for so much argument to allow even more regressive ideas. Mm. And that's where the danger really comes in. Because at what point when, you know, they do get into power, like every other politician, are they going to start changing their books and their constitution and continuing to grow their um, religious ideologues even more? Um, and that and that's where I guess my distaste would be with any idea, really, that if you're not able to criticize your own ideas, even mm. your own party, you don't leave any room for growth and you keep you know, creating that bubble right. and growing that bubble and being even more insulated. Mm. I agree. That's also one of my fears. And for your information, I'm going to start using brownie points from now on. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, I, I do think... But, that w- but why I'm saying also like the R, uh, it would have been 
less dangerous if they were an actual Islamist party. Like, imagine a party here in Sweden that comes and say, no, we're against homosexuality. This thing with gender equality, it's total bullshit. And they would never come to power. Really. Right. Exactly. Uh, Which is why that if we're not as skeptical about any party from the start to maybe preconceive as some room for what could go wrong, then we're allowing for that to potentially grow into something that we had never preempted. So I would go on the cautious side. I would I would question and especially when you brought up about the women um you know in the party like the two women who are in the back I think in the UK uh I think it was the Muslim British community or council that appointed a woman at a higher like hierarchy status and she was asked a question. So what do you think about women's rights in Islam? And she was already prepped for TV and she's like, that's not part of my role to answer. And whoever asked that question had to apologize publicly for asking that specific question. <laughs> yeah. It was considered so Islamophobic <laughs> because she asked uh, a question. Yeah, I know. No, but don't get me wrong. I'm super cautious. I'm, I'm actually really against that party. Like uh, even in the podcast, I kind of like I told the guy that I will do everything that I can to prevent them from coming to power. Uh, so. I'm totally against that, but I'm just saying that I'm trying to more like call a spade a spade, basically, kind of. And uh, actually, I was going to bring up this thing about SD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that a lot of people like say that they are just like racist and Nazis and so on. And I say, well, just the party program. I know that they have racist there, but the party program itself is not, yeah, mm. Nazi. Exactly. I think the other thing that just came to my mind when you were talking about the party, um, like not letting them come to power, do you think that perhaps they do have some valid points when it comes to migration and the seclusion of, you know, different groups in Sweden? Because obviously there was like the misinformation that this only happens to Muslims, like in terms of social services. But the reality is abuse knows no uh, race. Right. right. It, it is very common for people from our backgrounds to be punished from physical violence and be taught about what's wrong. Right. But do you do we think that there are some ideas we could take from that? And it doesn't have to be completely their solution, but a medium ground where we can find. Um, I think there's a lot of party already parties already who are bringing this up in a more how to say like um, out of a perspective of equality yeah uh, and individual freedom and, and mm. so on that part is even worse because they don't see problem with segregation mm. they want to like they, i would think it's not explicit they, they don't say it explicitly but they say they want to change the view of segregation that is something bad so for them it's natural that basically certain groups certain ethnic groups would want to segregate itself Mm. They want it to be functional even in that way. So they want, for example, they, they would be for Muslims having like certain areas in Stockholm. Right. You know? Which, but, which, mm. which actually, that, that's kind of depressing. I was on Clubhouse two months ago. Clubhouse? Is there anybody still on Clubhouse? <laughs> <They are. It's laughs> Don't still judge me. Don't ju I was banned for like six months. For for not for just saying you know stuff like I said here in the podcast, but there there were like three hundred people listening, and they're all like, uh, "Is there still three hundred people on Clubhouse?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was yeah. Like, I, I don't use two it. Or so I, so I go in on the app. I'm like, "What's happening today?" I don't go on the app often, and I see this group in Arabic going Muslims in 
Europe, and then dot, dot, like the discussion is, how do we segregate ourselves from Europe, question mark? And I go in, I'm like, what the hell's going on? What's going on? I go in, and it's literally a discussion, and it was hundreds of people, mm-hmm. of Muslims saying, this uh, liberal agenda that is trying to, that they're forcing on our children is, to- you know, is toxic. It's turning our children to sex freaks. It's, it's pretty much, they sound a lot like the far right, because the far right does have this idea that, you know, uh, you know, liberalism and homosexuality is too much and stuff like that. But in this, one of the, one of the people, like a hijabi woman went in and she's like, she's like, you know what, guys, but we don't have to worry because actually the, the conservatives and most right wingers are on our side. They are against the leftists. They are against... And I was just kind of like, oh shit, this is not gonna end well. But then I got into I got into the like the board and I started discussing with them and they got so angry. I mean they kicked me out of the room, of course. But I pretty much said to them, You guys realize that like in Sweden, for because I heard a lot of people in Sweden because they were talking about Sharia and how like they want their 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 children to grow up in Islam. So I told them, You guys know that like most Swedes don't believe in God. Most Swedes think that prophet muhammad was just some random dude from the desert like what you guys are doing like being in europe and kind of like aggressively saying we this is our territory now and we want to segregate our, our children from the liberal democracy that you are one of the reasons that racism is you know thriving in europe right now right and then i got kicked out from the room but like there are a lot of rooms on clubhouse right like that that really scare me no Um, i i agree i had i had this chat with i think she was a british or american muslim so obviously living in the west and she's like muslims are not secular and the west is trying to promote secular views and i'm like hang on you don't speak for all muslims Mm -hmm. one because i know my family would rather live in a secular society than an islamic or sharia law-based society and she was like no this is islamophobia the fact that you're assuming that muslims are secular and i'm like no i can tell you hands down i come from the same background but the idea that she wanted um you know she claimed that muslim problems should be dealt with a muslim solution that means the law needs to be divided in terms of how they deal with muslims than how they deal with non-muslims which is again discriminatory in nature and i don't think right now she realizes that her being on tiktok is so haram that you know she would not be able to do it under muslim law like afghanistan girls cannot study like that is the muslim law a lot of people and obviously sharia law varies amongst different groups different people different countries but that is one of the slippery slope one can go into Mm. when you're like oh i want different laws for different people Mm. and you know the fact that you bring up and which is so very accurate when i'm like this is why racists exist because when you talk like that you're telling them that one um, we don't accept your laws because we find you immoral. And then two, um, women from our background deserve different, or people from our background deserve different rights. Mm-hmm. And somehow creating that discrimination for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but is, I find it very surprising that women do that. Which, I'm like, which, which also like you being from Egypt, you know, you guys have heard of the Cairo Declaration. So like there's uh, United Nations have their own constitution and declaration of human rights. And then there's a Cairo declaration of human rights. Islamic human rights. It, it pretty much. Which pretty much says, oh, human <laughs> rights, great. 
amazing good luck we have our own rights we have our own constitu- constitution and you guys have to respect that and i think that that's has infiltrated its way into like swedish systems swedish government so for example um and it touches down not to just like religion it's like the most basic forms so like in mauritania for example there's like massive slavery of black people like hundreds of thousands of um of of black people are being enslaved in mauritania when our um the leader of the green political party went down there to mauritania she talked about like the weather and fish when there were pre- when there are pretty much black people being enslaved, and then you come back here and you tell us, oh, racism! The Swedish Democrats are gonna, you know, destroy. Who went to Mauritania? Sweden. In Mauritania, yeah. Who who went to Mauritania? Uh, Isabel Levin. Did she? she yeah, she uh-huh. went there and she started talking about fish, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, what fish? Like, there are literally almost a million black people who are slaves here. Isn't mm. like, do you not care about people of color? And yeah, it's it's just. It's just really disheartening. But like like I said before, when you don't know what to do, you kind of like do what anything else, um, but it's just not working. Is it, is it don't know what to do or something that Omar brought up before we started the po- podcast on the public and the private pers- uh, personal views kind of thing, mm. where on the public, you don't want to piss somebody off or you don't want to have that um, conflict so no. that you well, can I, be... I think, I think maybe it's... I think it's more that they, deep down they don't really care that much about what goes on uh, outside of Sweden. Not really. Not just outside of Sweden. They don't care about what goes on with brown people within Sweden. Uh, I did this experiment where, where I went outside and I started asking people. So the first question that I asked them was, uh, hey, um, is multicultural is multiculturalism great? And they were like, yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. We have, you know, kebab. We have all these great things. <laughs> That's and, what they think, multicultural. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, w- would it be great if I, uh, do you have a, a sister or, or a little brother? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, would it be okay if I marry them? Like get married to them? And they're like, what? No, that's crazy. I'm like, well, I come from Yemen and around 50% of Yemeni ch- children get married before the age of 15. So if multiculturalism is great and my culture is allowed to exist here, then I should be able to get married to your sister or little brother and they're like no that does not make sense no 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 no. i don't want that kind of multiculturalism or like you literally just said that multiculturalism is great but then later on i found the guy and then i told him like okay can i marry your little brother it's funny that i was saying uh, your little brother like in a multicultural like in islam you can't marry bros right you can only marry little girls but i told him can i marry your little brother and then he was like no of course not and then i'm like but you said that multiculturalism should work in sweden and then he said, yeah, but, like, not my brother. You can, like, get married to anybody else. And I was like, wait, the other what? little boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, so just your brother I'm not allowed to, but, like, within my own community I'm allowed to marry, mm. like, children. He was like, yeah, I don't care. And that, like, comes down to what you just said. Like, they don't care about what's outside of their family. 